Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Hello, and welcome to Killer Women Podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air Global Network with more than 4 million listeners. I'm your host, suspense author Danielle Girard, and my guest today is Kathleen Willett. Kathleen is the author of Mother of All Secrets and Anything for a Friend. She lives in New York City, where she teaches high school English. Kathleen is the mom of two young girls and a very fluffy cat named Mr. Sparkles. For more information, you can visit her at KathleenWillett.com. Welcome, Kathleen. Thank you so much, Danielle. I'm so excited to be on with you. I'm so I am so excited. And before we started, Kathleen said she listens to the podcast regularly. And that is like religiously. That is so, so wonderful. So I'm super excited to talk about anything for a friend, which is your sophomore novel. And we're going to talk about that later, too. Um, but tell our listeners about your book, Anything for a Friend. Okay, so Anything for a Friend uh, is about a woman named Carrie who has recently moved from New York to Montauk, which is like a remote beach town on the easternmost tip of Long Island. Um, she's hoping for like a fresh start. She's made some recent um, mistakes in her marriage. She's concerned about the behavior of her teenage daughter. So she's hoping that this move will be like kind of a, a reset for all of them. Uh, but then out of nowhere, her best friend from college this woman, Maya, who she hasn't spoken to um, basically since college, so 20 years, um, calls her and tells her that she's in the neighborhood. Um, so Carrie's kind of like flustered, but says, sure, come on by. Um, Maya shows up with her teenage daughter and reveals that um, her husband has just passed away very suddenly. So Carrie feels, um, you know, both equal parts sympathetic and awkward um, and impulsively invites Maya to stay with them for a few days. Um, but as soon as Maya and her daughter are settled, like weird things start happening in the house. Carrie's her, uh, herb garden is destroyed. Um, her like college yearbook is mutilated. Um, she's getting like scary text messages. Um, so she doesn't know whether Maya is responsible. Um, Maya's teenage daughter is also kind of giving off some weird vibes. Um, she's like very, very interested in Carrie and her family to kind of, uh, um, a natural degree, I guess. Um, so at the same time, all of this is going on, there are college flashback sections that reveal how their friendship started, um, what sort of went wrong with their friendship that ultimately led to this big rift. Um, but ultimately, there's what I hope are big twists, both in the past and in the present, um, that will uh, hopefully surprise readers. Yes, definitely. Definitely they will. <laughs> and of course, the, the thing, that, the terror of, um, for, above all terrors for me was because Carrie is a writer and like her whole manuscript vanishes from her computer. Oh, which right. is I like to mention that one. I know, all, right? <laughs> I've had that happen. I've lost like 40 pages back, you know, when I used to like back things up on like floppy dives before there was like the cloud in the way that it's how it is now. And it was kind of like the worst day ever. Um, oh my gosh. I, so yeah. I was like, like I haven't oh had my that God. happen, but I've had the yeah. scare for sure. When I walk on, I'm like, oh my gosh, where did it go? Where did yes. it go? I start like accusing my husband of messing with my computer. And then I'm like, oh wait, here it is. Never mind. We're good. We're good. Sorry. Sorry, Nanny. It's not you. It's not you. Um, well, I, and I, I love the fact that the, you know, in the present, it's Carrie's point of view, but the past is Maya's point of view. And so we actually get two very different looks at this relationship, which I really appreciated because it's so true of friendship, right? That like 
what was going on for, on one person's side is totally different than what, especially that age of friendship, right? Like when you are, it, college is such a crazy time, such a chaotic time. So tell us, do you remember where the idea came from? I always like to hear where the seed of a story comes from. Yeah, there were, I think there were like a few different kind of sparks that ultimately fused together. Um, one of them was the house guest from hell trope. During COVID, I remember reading a couple interesting stories about like, people who had like people who live in the city who rented a house upstate or something and then they refused to leave so when the owners came back they were like we're not leaving and then they just sort of like weirdly had to had to co-occupy that the space or like <laughs> families who decided to like pod up together and go in on a rental house together and then like things sort of fall, fell apart so I thought that the, the idea of a house guest who has an indeterminate timeline and like sort of just won't leave and is maybe making themselves too much at home. Like yeah. one of my night, one of my um, nightmares is people reorganizing my things. Cause I really like how I have organized right. them. And in the book, Maya reorganizes Carrie's kitchen and it's supposed to be like, Oh, I thought you would love it. And Carrie's like, I, do I not know. love it. I don't even <laughs> like when my family does that. I'm like, wait, this is not where this goes. Like you guys, totally. I'm, just, I'm in charge of where things go in this house. Um, well, tell us, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, so, um, you know, usually, and I don't know your, I want to hear a little bit about your publishing history because this is your second book, which is such a different experience in general from the first book. So tell us, you know, how, how did it happen for you at Lake Union? You, your first book is also from them, um, Mother of All Secrets. So tell us like how long, you know, how, was that your first book? How long did it take you to find an agent? A publisher? This is good for all those people who are still aspiring to, you know, publish their first book because it, it can be a really hard process or else you'll be one of the people who won the lottery. So tell us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, definitely. It can be a, a totally hard process. Um, so I, I did write my first book kind of quickly. I got this like seed for an idea and um, I had just taken some time off teaching to like be home with my um, kids and my younger one in particular had been born like more recently. Um, and I, I wrote it really fast. I did find an agent for that book. And that was, so that was the first book that I wrote and the first book published, but it has not been all sunshine and roses since then. I've right. definitely written a couple books since that I've like shelved either for now or forever. Um, this is, so this is not the second book that I've written. It's like the fourth or fifth book that I've written. Um, but I feel like I've come to view those books as like practice like um you know it's like if you're an athlete or something which I am not um but if you're an athlete <laughs> like you have like practices you have games that you lose you have games that you win but it's all part of the experience so like right. even though not every book that I've written will be published um I think that like I got better by writing those books and like more ideas occurred to me as I was writing them so I I totally don't view them as like wasted time or failures mm -hmm. just like you know yeah just practice and so do you have a sense for like, what, like what went wrong, you know, like now that you look back on those, you've had another successful book and it's coming out. Do you kind of have a sense for like, oh, I see what I did. Was it like a plot problem, a big, not a big enough plot to carry you through where the characters off? Like that's sometimes helpful to see. Yeah, totally. That's such an interesting question. I think it was like me trying to do things that I really liked in other books, but that didn't come naturally to me. Like, I love unlikable narrators and stuff, like just these like evil, rich women. Um, so I, I tried to write a character like that, but it just like, it, it wasn't the right kind of unlikable. Um, yeah, things like that. Like, I also, I think I really struggle with um, 
timelines that jump around a lot. Like I know this book has trips into the past, but it's still pretty linear. Yeah, it's um, two, right. Two para yeah, two parallels. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. So I, yeah, I feel like sticking with what feels natural, like that, you know, writing shouldn't feel like, I think, um, this was a quote from like Seth Meyers or something like a comedy writer, but he was like, it shouldn't feel like pushing a stroller up a hill. It should feel like it's like flowing. Um, so yeah, I think I love that. that I've, Seth, I know. I, 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 I totally, but I totally feel like podcast. it. I totally feel like it's like <laughs> a lot of times it's like pushing a stroller up a hill or yeah, even something no, without like wheels, you know, um, but, um, but yes, I, I think that's once you get into it, I think, the struggle for me is always that, like, how, what am I doing here? How is this going to work? And um, that's so fun. Well, I, I, I think that's really, I mean, it's incredible that you just, like, you had a really, you know, fast first success. And then you're like, okay, now it's the digging in part. And as you said, it's like Malcolm Gladwell, right? 10,000 hours. It takes 10,000 hours to become an expert at something. And, you know, all, what we're doing now is accumulating hours. Um, yeah. So yeah. good for and you. Like staying staying uh like sharp and engaged and all of that yeah yeah and I'm lucky too that I have a job that like allows me to talk about books all day so yes I can kind of like you know dig into other authors craft elements with students which is fun well I don't imagine you get to read a lot of thrillers in class is that true more, <laughs> that more is like true class. yes that is that is I definitely mean, true I mean there's some thriller elements in like mice and men and stuff but not as yeah, not quite the, the kinds that we read all the time. Although when you mentioned Montauk, did you ever read The Change? Oh, no, it's been on my, it's on my Goodreads TBR. I should, I should bump it up now that you've mentioned it. It's so funny. It is like one of those books. And I think I've talked about it in like a, somewhere, but it's a real, it's set in Montauk. And that's what made me think of it. But it's, a, it's another super fun um, non-thriller is where my mind was getting that. So Let's talk about your life because it's super chaotic. In addition to living in New York City, which I think of as being chaotic, and I was telling Kathleen I'm going to try to live in New York for a month this next spring in 2024. But you have little kids, it sounds like, and a full-time job where you deal with, like, not little kids, but kids all day. And so that takes a certain type of energy, all of that, right? And then you also write. So how... And I assume somewhere there's also like a, you know, there's a dad in there and he, he's, he's, he's involved, but you know, how, how do you find the time and, and how do you switch gears so dramatically? Well, um, so when I wrote Mother of All Secrets, my first book, like I said, I, I wasn't teaching at that point, but I was with my kids full time and they weren't in school um, full time yet. So I really would just find these like pockets of time, like an hour during nap time and maybe an hour, like eight o'clock after they went to bed. I can't wake up at five o'clock. I know a lot of writers. Do mm -mm, that, but mm -mm. I cannot. Um, but so I feel like it made me more efficient because I would spend a lot of my non-writing time just thinking about it. Yes. And then, so once I sat down to write, I was like, okay, like these kids are going to be awake soon. Come on, hurry up. And like, kind of push myself to just write as much as I could, which I think also made me like less critical of what I was writing. I was like, it doesn't matter. Just get it out. Like get something yeah. out. And I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that saying like you can't edit um, a blank page. Like just, it's okay if the first draft is bad. And I've heard so many other writers on your podcast talk about this, that like yeah. the first draft is going to be sloppy. Just let it be. Um, Shitty get, first get draft. So that you have yeah. something to, to work with. So, um, but yeah, so I've never, I've never had like hours to um, devote to it, but I think for some reason that's like maybe worked better for me. Like that if I did have six hours, I probably wouldn't, I would probably like procrastinate and like be more 
critical of what I was writing and like, um, so and same thing now with, with being back teaching full time. Um, yeah. And like, I'll just try to find an hour, you know, at lunchtime or, um, from three to four or whatever. Um, and I, I find that, you know, what I get done in that hour is like, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of, I, I did that too, the, the working full time and writing books and, um, and it was kind of interesting, like on the commute or, you know, I mean, it, just those little tiny pockets. And I think you're right in a sense that if you know you have 15 minutes, you're like, okay, what can we get done in 15 minutes? Yeah, and you know totally. what's useful for that is that Pomodoro method. Have you ever used that? No. So that's the little timed sprints. Um, and so because I did exactly what you're doing for a lot of years when I was writing, and then in 2006, I started to write full time. Um, and it was weird. I was like, you know, you just can procrastinate the whole day, right? So easily, you can do nothing. So there's this method where you set a timer. I think that technically it's 25, Tessa Wager's always like 25 minutes, 25 minutes. I like 15 minutes because it feels more manageable, but you do 15 minutes, five minutes off, 15 minutes. Oh. And then I do it, try to do it four times in a, like if I can in a row. And in the five minutes, I like chug water. I, you know, go to the bathroom or stand up and, do jumping jacks or, but I, you try to not let your finger stop moving. So I kind of feel like it's, we're basically creating an environment like the one you live in. So worth I love that. Oh, I'm mm -hmm. totally going to think about that. Um, yeah. I think that's awesome. So tell us a little bit about your writing process. Are you somebody who like knows a story? Is it a seat of the pants? Um, what, um, what works for you? I think I'm a total mix. Yeah. And I, I've like heard and been so interested in hearing others other authors talk about this, like um, plotter or pantser and yes. so forth. And I think I'm somewhere totally in between um, where I usually have like the premise and I guess the rising conflict in my head pretty precisely um, or like, you know, write it down, outline it pretty um, precisely. So that might be like the first 50 pages or so. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have like a list of like some things that I know are going to happen, like just some themes. Um, some like, you know, moments of intrigue, I guess, um, maybe one big twist. Um, but I don't necessarily know, I don't have like an outline for the whole book or mm -hmm. like a 20 or 30 page, you know, extensive outline, but just like some bits and pieces, some scraps really like, yeah, like here's a, a list of 10 things that I think each of these will make up a chapter. So here's 10 chapters and maybe they're more or less in order, but maybe not in like a few brief character sketches and like in the end, here's what I imagine. I imagine like two women sitting on like a stoop and like a car driving away. You know what I mean? Like just mm -hmm. some, some things in mind, but I also like, I'm very open to being wrong about where I thought it was going. And so do you write in order or do you sometimes pick up one of those threads that you know will come later in the story and write it because it's the thing at the top of mind? Yeah, definitely. So like, because I'm so determined to write something like each day, sometimes I'll be like, okay, I don't really know what's going to happen next, but I know this flashback scene is coming later. So I'll just write that so that I get, you know, 500 words today or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I did, I read in a book, um, I read story genius and she talked about how going chronologically is really important. And that kind of bummed me out. Cause I was like, Oh no, there's something wrong with, but I, I people have so many different ideas about the right way. Yeah. To do it, but yeah. Yeah. I just, I, 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 she may be a genius, but I disagree. I also <laughs> think like, it's like you said, it's like getting words down. Right. I mean, yeah, who cares? Yeah. who cares how you get them down. And I don't, I actually do know lots of authors who write completely out of order 
including like Elizabeth Strout, who's amazing, you know, who's obviously she's like a, won the Pulitzer and stuff. So she knows what she's doing and she just like lays them all out then and tries to figure out how they fit together. So I think, yeah. Forget that. Okay, well, good. That makes me feel better. And yeah, I've seen people do like very intricate index card work. And I feel like that's sort of, um, you know, like they're, they're probably not writing chronologically because they're no. fitting it together. After yeah. The fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think there are some people who just can't, you know, I tend to really write in order unless I'm kind of coming down the pike to the end. And I know like, I'm, I'm a little confused, but I, you know, it's really tight. I know exactly kind of where we're going. The scenes are probably only, they all happen within the same afternoon or whatever. So I can kind of skip around a little bit, but until then, I feel like I have to write in order. So I'm, I kind of, you know, I may be on that, you know, I may agree with her for me, but I don't agree with her for everybody at all. So, but I don't think anything, I don't think anything works for any, everybody. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah. both of your books really talk set around motherhood, um, the pressures and the struggles. I mean, and I love that because I think one of the things I know you've heard me talk about on the show, which I like to talk about on the show, is this is really just that, of course, we I love being a mother. It's, you know, if I look back on my life. Those are the those are the two things I've done or, you know, put into the universe that I'm like most, most proud of. But it's also like the hardest job. And there's this you know, there's a sense that, you know, we're supposed to, I mean, like, you know, the whole Oprah, two sides of the, you know, the women who work and the women who stay at home and we're all, there's all the infighting and it's supposed to be this like seamless thing, like getting pregnant is supposed to be super easy. And then you just, you know, it's, it's all sort of a crock of shit, really, when you come down to it, it's totally. the hardest thing. So tell us like what, you know, why, what makes you explore that theme and, you know, and how does that help you as a mother? Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I feel like when I became a mom, that was really exactly when my like creativity kind of cracked open. Um, but I just, I feel like I had so much um, to purge in a way. Like um, it's true. Like it was such a, of course, it's such like a joyful time, blah, blah, blah. But it's also um, so filled with like self-doubt and just rethinking the way you thought things were and um, also just worrying, like now I feel like I'm, I'm constantly thinking of worst case scenarios. And obviously that's really conducive to thriller writing because thrillers are kind of like worst case scenarios. Totally. Out. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like my, like, it just does something to your emotional depth as well. Um, yeah. like I'm, yeah, thinking about people and the human experience in, um, a whole new way, but, um, yeah, I think, I think motherhood has a lot, uh, like is very conducive to suspense writing. Yeah, and it's true what you said. I mean, I think I'm a worst case scenario thinker too, and my children would definitely agree. You know, I think, and it is interesting to have raised, you'll see this, to raise children as a thriller writer. Like my daughter ended up being a criminology major. She's like, mm. but it, they do have, because you kind of can't help the way you are. And of course your children pick up on it. Um, that They are, they sort of understand like, mom's brain's a little crazy you know and my I didn't let my daughter I didn't let my I have my son has not read my books yet but I told my daughter she had to wait till she was 30 she's not 30 yet but she did start reading them you know when she was late teens but it is interesting for her, her to reflect on wow mom like this is so you know when you're when your kids read your books and then they're like you you are a little bit you're a tiny bit crazy mom so <laughs> I'm but, scared for that. Yeah, I know it will happen one day. My, uh, yeah, my kids are first grade and pre-K, so they're nowhere near that. But my 
first grader is definitely my number one like hype PR woman. She tells everyone she's like, if we're at Starbucks or something, she's like, mommy's book is coming out soon to like the barista. Um, Yeah, it's really cute. That is so cute. So what about, then you're in, like, I I also love, what I also love about this book is the dynamic between the two teenage girls, right? Because there's a very, that's really interesting too. And especially since both of them have had their own, you know, a little bit of trouble or we sense that one's had trouble and we know from, from Carrie that her daughter's had trouble. And so the question I guess I have is like, you know, when you're with teenagers all day, is that sort of what informs because you write teenagers really, really well. I, I'm more recent oh, to this you. experience. Um, but I, you know, do you feel like you're sort of, that was easy to do because of your day job? Or do you, do you feel, obviously these are not anybody that you teach. We know that these are not real people. So we'll say that to all the moms who might be listening <laughs> yes. and saying, no, of course. wait, my kid has Mrs. Willett. I hope to God that's not my job. <laughs> and it's not. But, you know, but I do wonder about like having spent that time is that sort of how, you know, the, the, the aspects of this book that are about the teenagers, is that sort of where that came from? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I have now spent like years and years of my life, um, around teenagers and it's such a, like a hard fraught time and, um, they're dealing with so much and their feelings are so real and like their experiences are so real. And, you know, I think people are kind of quick to be like, oh, but there's no real consequences. And, oh, it's just a crush or, oh, you know, you're just sad that you're grounded. It's not a big deal. It is a very big deal to them. It's their life. Of course, of course. Um, Yeah. And I I also always found it interesting that, um, and like, this is true in the book, like, I think teenagers really save their worst, maybe all kids, but they they save their worst (laughs) selves for their parents. So like, I would have parents ask me like, oh, you know, is so-and-so, is she like engaged in class? Is she keeping up with the work? Is she like is her, how's her behavior because at home she's like a nightmare and I was like in class she is literally a delight like yeah she is so wonderful um so I, I always thought it was interesting when I kind of learned that like someone was different at home than they were at school but I mean of course yeah it's because they feel safest showing their um their vulnerability to their parents and that's a good thing not a bad thing um no but but they also another thing I thought yeah, they share their yucky side too. I feel like you get, you know, they can pretend all day that everything's fine and they get home and then they like let loose on everything that's not fine. Because like you said, this is, I mean, particularly these teenagers, COVID, the wars, the, I mean, it is, it's just they, the anxiety, social media. I don't. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Social media. It's like, we didn't have to deal with this, but that uh-uh. is just a whole other layer. It is. Um, and, yeah. you know, it, it's funny because, of course, we know looking back, like this too shall pass. You will you'll get you'll look it back on this and it won't be a big deal. But of course, it's a big deal in the moment. It's all they know. Right. And it's the biggest deal they've ever dealt with because stuff when they were younger was easier. So it's really like we can't minimize. Um, we can't, I mean, it's, I think you can't minimize what they're going through, particularly now. I don't think we understand it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's a really, really like heart teenagehood is such a hard time anyway. And then this is a particularly hard time probably to be a teenager. Um, I think sometimes too, and like adults do this as well. This is, this is, this comes up in the book, but um, that teenagers think other teenagers are having an easy time. So, because and you know, like I said, adults too, like some people are able to kind of fake it and seem like, Oh, this is so being social is so easy for me. And um you know, look, look a certain way or whatever, but that those teenagers too are grappling with insecurity and um, demons and self-doubt and yeah. 
Yeah, of course. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, and I'm sorry, but I think, it, you know, adults, we're, we're big hot mess too. So um, at least I feel like I am. So um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anybody who's just like, whoa, this is so, this life is thing is so easy. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> It's super, super complicated. And one of the other things I think the, I like, you know, in the book is the, the relationship between, you know, obviously Carrie's husband knew Maya when they were, you know, younger and friends and whatnot. And there is this sort of sometimes a sense of like him taking Maya's side, if you will. Like when Carrie feels awkward, he sort of like downplays it, which I think is a thing that, you know, oftentimes men do to us like oh you're you know you're exaggerating you're you know it's and so I think it's another way of sort of isolating Carrie in this situation where her job is isolating her child is not being great she does lives in a town that is new to her and then her husband is sort of like oh it's no big deal um it is really um it's really I mean that's an interesting dynamic in their marriage too yeah definitely like that um gaslighting can occur even when it's not meant as gaslighting and when it's mm -hmm. meant really innocently, but um, that it's still, he's still kind of like dismissing her feelings and concerns and um, not, not really hearing her. Right. And then of course what happens in that sense is that she starts to worry more about it. Right. Like she's like, am I actually crazy or is this really happening? I mean, it's, I think that's, you know, that is another, another trick. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I do love seeing the difference between like what what those girls were like in college because we aren't always our best selves that young, right? I mean, absolutely, college yeah. Um, I think people arrive at college like so confused, kind of like mm -hmm. because they kind of want to be someone else um, and make a really good first impression. Um, it's it's still and like technically you're adults, but you're totally not adults. Um, no. it's such a, like, yeah, it's, it's a time of like such exploration. Um, that was another thing that kind of intrigued me as I started the book, this concept of like ride or die friendships. Cause I think the yes. friendships that you form in college are just so intense. It's like, you're brushing your teeth next to these people. Um, they're, they're your new family, you know, like yeah. no longer, you don't live with your family. You're sleeping nine feet away from someone. Right. Um, so, so you'll do anything for them, but sometimes I found that, um, like we would support each other in making bad decisions as opposed to trying to talk each other into making better decisions. Like that, that was the mark of a true friendship that like you're doing something that's not smart or safe, but I'm going to support you every step of the way. Um, right. It's so, like, a, cause that, yeah. Yeah. Like mob mentality. We lose our minds and everyone's like, yeah. you know, of course, that's a great idea. Right. And like prioritizing loyalty over, anything else and that's I mean that's what happens in the book that like yes. they kind of make a terrible decision in the name of loyalty to each other um yeah. that can't be that can't be undone no and I love you know I love the sort of the way it ends too which we're not going to talk about because you have to go read it but um <laughs> I think that is you know that is another it's very satisfying it's not expected but very satisfying so I thought that was really fun too so um and this is out November 14th um yeah so, and so right now, when you're listening to this, it's already available. You should go grab your copy right now. Now we have to ask, <laughs> and I hate when people do this because I think it's so unfair because you've done all this hard work, you're <laughs> celebrating, and now we want to know what you're working on now. 
Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so I did write another book over the course of like the last year or so that I think will be ready for submission soon. So hopefully it will end up finding a publishing home. Um, but you know, who knows, it might end up being another another book that will file under practice. But um, I do really like it. Um, it's about a woman, it's still kind of in the in the realm of like motherhood centric suspense, but it's about a woman who meets a much, much younger mom on the playground and their kids find each other and they become friends, but she becomes, the first mom becomes convinced that the much younger mom is like trapped in an abusive um, marriage of some kind, just based on some concerning clues. Um, however, like she, uh, the, the first mom, like her sister recently died and she's having all kinds of um, trauma related to that. So there are some questions as to whether the mom that she met is even real or a figment for imagination, oh, but um, so suffice it to say that their worlds are like very, very entwined. And actually this totally um, came in the form of a real thing that happened. Like I was on the playground with my kids. My daughter found some boy. She was like, this is my new best friend. We have to go find his mom immediately so that we can have all kinds of playdates with them. Um, and the mom, yeah, she was just like, much younger than most um, moms that I meet. And when I went up to her and was like, oh, hey, our kids found each other. And she wants, my daughter would love to have a play date if you're ever up for it. Like, um, she was like, thank you so much for approaching me. And it was sort of this, it, it was really interesting. And so my imagination went in all kinds of directions, um, which I'm sure everything was completely fine and normal. And yeah. but it was just like a little encounter that kind of like stuck with me. Yeah. Um, so that's she's probably, yeah, you know, she's probably lonely, right? Like, I mean, that's the other thing about motherhood is you have this other person with you all the time, but that person is not a companion, right? They right. can make you more lonely, but I can totally see why you read that and thought, okay, this is interesting. What's going on with this, you know, this one, what is this woman's story? Which is, it's, I mean, there's, that's why domestic suspense is so, so popular now is that there's just so many ways that things can go wrong. <laughs> That absolutely just, yeah so fun. and I love that it feels kind of plausible like that it's it all like hits very close to home it's like wow that could totally be happening in my home in my neighborhood yes the people that I know yeah I love the plausibility it probably of it. is happening right yeah. it's certainly in your neighborhood maybe not to the people that you know but I you know you hear about this stuff that's going on and you think god how do how am I missing this but it's everywhere so that's really that's powerful so you had it, I mean, so to talk, can we talk a little bit about publishing? Because it sounds like you had a two book deal with Lake Union mm. or were they one and it one? It was just, they're both just one. Yeah. Just one okay. and one. Okay. Yeah. So you'll, you'll probably go back to them. I hope so. Yeah. I, okay. yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've been, I mean, they've been awesome to work with and yeah. I, I know. I I do. I mean, that is something you have to give to Thomas and Mercer and to Lake Union is they can sell some books. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They do have that, that power. Yeah. And I, they, I mean, they're super like organized and supportive and um, yeah, my editor is like really creative. They have awesome, they come up with awesome covers, I think. Yes. Yeah. They did, I think they did, great, they did a great job. I love that. Yeah. Well, tell, um, tell us where everybody can find you on social media and, and um your favorite spots to hang out? Um, well, um, social media, I am on, I'm Kathleen M. Willett. Um, and that's, I mostly just use Instagram. Um, yeah. And I have a website, Kathleen M. Willett.com, but yeah, I'm active on Instagram, equal parts 
book pictures and kid pictures. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I adopted my middle initial um, because there's another Kathleen Willett author. I so, wondered. Yeah, that's I wondered why I'm Kathleen that. M. Willett. Yeah. It's so funny because actually one of my best friends in, uh, um, in the whole world is Albie Willett. So Albie's a family name oh, and cool. Willett is her last name. Spelled the same way, which I guess is how okay. it's always spelled. But I don't think you guys are related. But anyway, but she has the same name. So it's an easy one for me to remember. Um. This is this is such a fun book, and I think everyone you should go. I mean, I literally read it like in a night and a half. It was just like one of those, like you know, you just are like one more chapter, one more chapter. Who needs to sleep? <laughs> so that was really fun. I really enjoyed, you know, and I love that Carrie's a writer because I think there's something fun about reading about the neuroses of writers and the act, that we have overactive imaginations, right? Which she definitely does. Yes, definitely. Yeah, she is definitely like. Um... Yeah, worst case scenario thinker, as we were talking about. But in my first book, the main character was a teacher, and now, and Carrie's a writer. So I think it's also partly like a lack of yeah. imagination on my part. I'm like, hmm, which jobs do I know? Right. Now you're like, <laughs> who else do I know that has a different job? But yeah, yeah you'll I'll have to like start interviewing my friends to like get a better sense of other um, careers to put into future books. <laughs> That's so fun. Well, this anything for a friend. Kathleen Will, it was so fun to have you today. Thank you for talking to us about your books and your process and everything. Oh, it was so fun. I love your podcast so much. Thank you Thank for recording you. it. Seriously, it is like so helpful and inspiring. And I feel like I have all these like writer friends just from listening to your podcast. Um, that's, I mean, that's how I met you. Like I, I went up to you at Thriller Fest and I was like, hi, I love you. Like I love your podcast. And <laughs> Well, you're lovely, and you did not make me feel weird for doing that at all. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You're not in my book. That is not weird. That's like we all are there. And Thriller Fest, which I know I've talked about before on the show, but it's the International Thriller Writers Annual Conference, always in New York, always now the last weekend of May or first weekend of June, the weekend after Memorial Day, and um, it is such a fun place to come and meet other writers, aspiring writers, and and you know hugely successful authors are all there together and it's a lovely um supportive community so I was glad you're there and obviously you'll be there again yes for sure yeah and I'm so happy that you will be too after your month in New York <laughs> I know I'm so excited so um yes I'm putting into the universe and we'll yes. see what comes back at me thank you for joining us everyone today with Kathleen Willett and anything for a friend we will see you next time bye